Good morning, everybody. Uh, I want to welcome especially our guests this morning. It looks like the Hendrickson clan is here to celebrate Anita's birthday. Happy birthday, Anita. And uh, welcome, everybody. Um, well, we've been, uh, this month, we've been uh, preaching about the gifts of the Spirit. And today we're going to study about one that... Uh, that is, um, um, I don't know, kind of not well understood, uh, an interesting one, the gifts of tongues and interpretation of tongues. And uh, um, let me start out by asking you a few questions, okay? Um, if you were going to start a fire, like a campfire, but the wood was kind of wet, or if you were going to start barbecuing, but you didn't have much time for the coals to get started, what would you use? What's that? A flamethrower. <laughs> Remind me not to come to your barbecue. Um, how about lighter fluid? Yeah? And um, tongues is kind of like lighter fluid. You know, sometimes... Conditions aren't ideal for starting a fire. Lighter fluid, or as my brother and his son call it, Boy Scout water. Uh, um, gives your fire a kind of supernatural boost. All right, how about this? If you come to a door and it's locked, uh, what are you going to do? Jump out the window. Jump out the window. And that might be a way. It might hurt to jump out the window. You might try to bust in the door, but what you really need is, need is a key. Uh, tongues can be like a key. It's a very precise way to unlock and open a door that's that beforehand was impossible for you to go through. Another idea that the Lord showed me to illustrate what, what is tongues used for is... Uh, is uh, in your car's engine, there's a cylinder, and you have gas, and your car is able to mix air with the gas and shoot it into the cylinder. Um, but uh, it's not going to pr provide any power for your engine unless you have what? A spark. And so tongues is like a spark plug. Uh, it lights, um, you know... Um, for your car to keep running powerfully and consistently, that spark needs to keep firing. I think, what is it like if you're a thousand RPMs, it's 500 times a minute that thing fires. And so in our life, tongues can be like a spark plug. Um, here are some verses. Acts 2 verse 4 says, All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Um, which of them started speaking in tongues? All of them. Everybody that was there. Acts 10, to 46 says, While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. And in Acts 19.6, it tells about another time that people were uh, filled with the Spirit. It says, when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Um, now I want to start out with this uh, disclosure. I believe that some form of the gift of tongues is available or possible for every believer. Um, if you look at these, uh, those passages that we just read, it shows that, it suggests that everybody who was present there uh, received the ability to speak in tongues, not just a select few of them. Um, now, what we do not teach, we do not teach that you have to pray in tongues to be a true believer. 
Definitely not. And we don't teach that you have to have prayed in tongues to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. We don't say that either. But um, I do believe, and, and we'll look at it, that, uh, that it's something that can be available for every believer. And as we look at it today, I hope this can be a practical teaching for you and also something that will motivate you to seek out that gift if you've never had it and to use it if you do. Um, so um, let's, let's start by looking at the, the nature and the purpose of speaking in tongues. It's, it's kind of a weird gift. Um, our, the founder of our church, Bob Heil, once described it as being kooky, <laughs> um, which is a, an interesting word, but I think I think a lot of people in the church kind of think that about this gift because it's kind of weird. It's like, what? Speaking in a, a language that I don't understand what it's saying? Um, why, why does the Holy Spirit, why did he give that gift? It seemed pretty prominent when they described people being baptized with the Holy Spirit. Um, but what, what's going on when we do it? And why, why would he give it? Um, so here's a question to start out with. When we speak in tongues, who, who is speaking? Yes, um, God is speaking, the Holy Spirit is speaking, and yes, we are speaking. Okay, so it's, it's a cooperative effort. Um, when we speak in tongues, the Holy Spirit is providing words for us to speak, and it's bypassing our cognitive thinking process. Um, so it's not unreasonable to say that when we're speaking in tongues we are declaring the word of God and uh, we are speaking truth those words that we're speaking they're just the right ones they might be to pray for someone else they might be just to praise God it might be to do something for us in our mind, we don't know. But the Holy Spirit knows exactly, and it's effective and powerful, just like that key, um, or just like the lighter fluid. Um, the Holy Spirit, he's our helper. Um, but remember what it said. It says, they spoke in tongues as the Holy Spirit enabled them. So it's a cooperative effort. We speak, the Holy Spirit enables us. Um, 1 Corinthians, so, so then if we're speaking in tongues, what are we speaking? Because that's the thing, it's, it's hard to know. It's, it's a language you've never learned, so how do you know what you're speaking? 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul talks a lot about tongues. And he's especially telling the Corinthian church instructions so that they won't be using it in a wrong way. It seems like they were using it in the church service quite often, and people weren't understanding. And so he's explaining a lot about it. In the first two verses, he says, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. That's an important phrase. Earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God, for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. Okay, that word mysteries um, is an interesting one we're going to look at. But when we're speaking in tongues, we're speaking to God, it says, right? And uh, he understands what we're praying, even though we don't. The word mysteries, what does that mean? Well, it's basically... Not when we think of something unknowable, like it's a mystery, who knows? I'm not even going to try to figure it out. But no, mystery is there. Um, it says, in the Bible, a mystery is not something unknowable. Rather, it is what can only be known through revelation, because God reveals it. And so, uh, the mysteries are revealed truth from God that we are speaking. It's the Holy Spirit speaking things. Um, this really agrees with what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. One of the things he said 
in John chapter 16, starting at verse 12, is this. I still have many things to say to you. He's talking to his disciples. He's about ready to go to the cross. But you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. That's a lot of truth, isn't it? All truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. This is a promise. He says he will do this. Do you get excited when you read that? All things that the Father has, could you use some of those things? Um, and it said the Holy Spirit's job is to declare those things to you. It's kind of like, I feel like it's, the Holy Spirit's kind of like an internet browser, right? Because all things are on the internet. Uh, now all things of God, those are all good things, unlike the internet. Um, but the Holy Spirit's job is to download those things, and I don't think that excludes the power of God to make things happen. Those things, it's the Holy, Jesus says the Holy Spirit is going, going to share with us um, to reveal truth to us. Now, the Bible, some people say, well, we don't have the gifts of the Holy Spirit anymore today because now we have the Bible. The canon is closed. We don't need it anymore. I'm not sure where they get that from in the Bible. But uh, I totally disagree with that. And we do have the Bible to guide us into truth. And we're not adding to the Bible these days. But there are a lot of things in my personal life that I really need the truth and wisdom of God to be applied to. And I certainly need the power and provision of God at work. And God gives us the Holy Spirit for that. And I believe that tongues is one avenue of that downloading and that speaking to happen. Um, 1 Corinthians 14, starting at verse 13, says, Paul writes, Therefore, one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. So he's teaching about prayer, and what he's saying, I'll pray with my mind. Well, the opposite is I'll pray with my spirit. And he's talking about tongues there, right? Because tongues you don't understand with your mind. And so he's saying, I'm going to do that. Now again, here's what I say about 1 Corinthians 14. Paul is saying these things. He's not bragging to people who don't have the gift or the ability to do what he's doing, is he? That wouldn't make sense. Okay, but he's teaching. Okay, I'm going to pray with my intellect sometimes using my language, and I'm going to pray in the Spirit using the language from the Spirit sometimes that bypasses my intellect. I'm going to do both. I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. Otherwise, if you give thanks with your spirit, how can anyone in position of an outsider say amen to your thanksgiving when he does not know what you are saying? For you may be giving thanks well enough, but the other person is not being built up. So he's saying, look, in the church meeting, don't just pray in tongues out with no interpretation because it's not building up anybody else. Uh, for the church service, that's not the purpose. That's not a good use of our time together. Um, but he's not saying don't pray in tongues or that it's, it's not a good thing to have. He's just telling how to use it. Now, uh, I think it's, it's reasonable to ask the Spirit to give you an interpretation or understanding of the things you pray in tongues. Now, Paul says that. In the service, if somebody stands up and gives a message in tongues, you should, we should wait and have an interpretation. Either the person who gives the message 
pray and listen to the Holy Spirit for an interpretation to share with the congregation or somebody else who has that gift of interpretation to do that. Okay, but that's, he's saying that's the order in a meeting that we want. But um, when, you, when you are praying in tongues on your own, it's also very reasonable to, to pray or to listen and let the Spirit uh, kind of bubble up within you and understanding what is this I'm praying for? Or what, is, what am I pr praying about? Um, now, from, from these passages, we also see that, that tongues is definitely prayer. Uh, it's communication with God. It can be thanksgiving and praise to God. We can be declaring the wonders of God. In Acts 2.11, when it describes Pentecost, it says uh, that they were speaking in the languages of all these groups of people in Jerusalem, and it says, uh, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Okay, so I believe... Um, this declaration, declaring the wonders of God, is not limited to praising God for things he's done in the past. But declaring can be declaring what God is doing right now in the moment, almost a prophetic kind of thing. Or declaring what God is going to, the wonders that God is going to do in the future. It's not limiting it from that. Um, in this way, uh, we can be speaking life and God's will into situations with his authority, which will bring powerful and transformational results. But things that we wouldn't know to say, but the Holy Spirit does, and will speak them perfectly through us. Um, it can be used in intercession, praying for other people. But you don't even know what you're praying for. But how many things are going on that need prayer that you don't know about? Almost everything. There's very little that we know about, right? And we pray about what we know about in English. But what if you could pray about the things most necessary at this moment to pray for, even though you don't know them? Well, tongues enables us to do that. Um, John Bevere, a, a preacher I like to listen to, shares a story um, when he was a student at Purdue University and he had taught other students a Bible study, and, and this young lady had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit one night, and he taught her at the time, uh, you can ask God, the Holy Spirit, to let you know what you're praying about, to give you an interpretation. So she went home, went to bed in her dorm. The next morning early, she woke up at like five and felt a burden to pray in tongues, and so she did. And she did pray and ask, Holy Spirit, what am I praying about? She felt like it was uh, something about an older man and a life and death situation. And so she kept on praying until she felt about an hour later, less than an hour later, it was okay to stop praying, kind of a release. And uh, shortly after that, she found out that her roommate's grandfather had had a heart attack and they stabilized him just a few minutes beforehand. And he survived. And she realized she was used to save that man's physical life by praying in the Spirit. That's, that's an amazing thing. Well, what else could the Holy Spirit, you know, that's one example. What else could the Holy Spirit do? Uh, we heard a testimony from uh, a mom in our school. Uh, actually, this is a little different because one night she had a dream and in her dream, she dreamed, dreamt about a car accident. And I'm not sure all the details she dreamt of, but some girl was thrown from the vehicle. And she started praying in tongues in her dream. But she was aware that she was praying in tongues in her dream. And uh, so then the next... and and. So then the next day, I think she heard from her husband or something, that in the area there had been a bad car accident. Some girl had been thrown from the car, and she survived. And she realized, I don't know, 
God interrupted her dreams and the Holy Spirit somehow helped her to pray in tongues while she was sleeping to intercede for the people in this accident to save their lives. And uh, that's just an amazing thing. But it should not be surprising because the Holy Spirit is God and he's able to do those things. Uh, But I'm just giving some examples. I'm sure there are lots more that I don't know about. Um, So Ephesians 6.18, the part about the armor of God, ends like this. It says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Well, first of all, how could you pray in the Spirit on all occasions unless it were unless you didn't have to think about what you were saying, you know what I mean? So I think he's talking about praying in tongues. Praying in the Spirit, you can pray in the Spirit in English too as the Spirit guides your prayers. Um, But with all kinds of prayers and requests, with this in mind, be alert and keep on praying for all the Lord's people. How can you pray for all the Lord's people? Well, you can use general terms, but but the Holy Spirit... Through, through the prayer language in tongues, you could pray for anybody that the Holy Spirit wants to pray for, even if you don't know them or their situation. So what kinds of speaking or praying in tongues are there? Can any believer potentially have this gift or just selected ones of us? That's a good question because in 1 Corinthians 12, it ends Paul seems to suggest that not everybody has all the gifts, right? And he says, do all speak in tongues? And the implied answer is what? No, right? That's, that's the way the English is interpreted there. But what particular gift of tongues is that referring to? Uh, there's this book called Spiritual Gifts in the Local Church by David Pitches, and uh, he explains that the Bible describes different types or uses of the gifts of tongues. Um, Here's the first one. The first one is the use of tongues where utterance is not understood by the speaker but overheard by members of the public and without interpretation understood by those whose language it is. So on the day of Pentecost, that's the one we see. uh, all those people gathered for the festival in Jerusalem from foreign countries heard the, the disciples, all the believers who had just been baptized with the Spirit, declaring the wonders of God in their own languages, but they recognized them because they were human languages and uh, the, they were speaking. Uh, they didn't know what they were saying, but the people listening did because they knew those languages. Um, that was a sign for them. Um, it's happened in our church before. Uh, if you remember the Knutsons, Mike and Mark Knutson were little Indian uh, uh, orphans from India who were adopted by the Knutson family. And a few weeks after they had just arrived in the United States, uh, Kathy remembers that somebody in our congregation stood up in a meeting and gave a message in tongues. And little Mike, the youngest one, how old was he? Probably, he might not have known how old he was at that time. Uh, but lower elementary school age, um, taps his mother on the arm and says he understood what they were saying because they were speaking his language. So God, the Holy Spirit encouraged these little boys who had just come from a foreign country that he knew they were there because he spoke their language. Nobody in the congregation knew their language, but the Holy Spirit did and spoke to them. I think that's amazing. Praise God. Um, But that's an example of that kind of message in tongues. Um, John Bevere tells this story, maybe you've heard me say it before, um, that there was a woman on his staff who was at a conference he was preaching at, and she was in the back praying in tongues for him, very quietly, in a quiet voice, kind of under her breath, but evidently audible a little bit, because after he had done finished preaching and the service was over, the man in front of this lady turned around and said, may I just say your French is excellent. And she's like, 
I don't know what you're talking about because I don't speak French. And he said, well, I'm a French teacher and your, your French was perfect. In fact, it was a special dialect from a long time ago and you were speaking it perfectly. And not only that, but you were, every, you would speak, some, pray something in that language and then soon after that, John would preach it. And it kept on happening. You kept saying these things and then he would preach them from the pulpit. And um, well, I think there's a couple things going on there. But one of them was assigned to this man uh, that, uh, you know, that, that the Lord is there and he is powerful. And um, so, so it can be that. Now a second use of tongues or kind of tongues would be uh, the use of tongues in public worship. The language is used as unknown by anyone there and should be followed by interpretation given by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so these are the ones that Paul is talking about and saying, hey, don't just stand up and give tongues willy-nilly. It should have an interpretation if you're going to do that in the service. Okay, so that's the second one. But the third use of tongues is in private and it needs no interpretation, though apparently this could be asked for. Most of those who use the gift in private have never exercised it in public worship. Public exercise is a distinct anointing. Yet a link between the public and private use appears to exist. Uh, this guy has done research on the gift. That is, any person who exercises the gift of tongues in public almost invariably uses the gift in private. So I would suggest in our church, we, we haven't had a lot of messages in tongues uh, in the public meeting. Probably if, if we all start using, I don't know how much you use the gift of tongues in your private prayer time, but the more we do it in private, the more it'll start popping up, I think, in our service. Okay. Um, so, uh, so there. I would say that the suggests that the Bible talks about different kind uses. So when it says, "Do all speak in tongues?" and the implied answer is no, I would say he's talking about that that gift where it's used in public for a specific purpose. But there are other things Paul says in there that imply that that any of us can be doing using the private prayer language in tongues when we want to. And, uh, and so what I want to encourage you through this message and today is to seek God for that because it's definitely that it says that we can seek gifts of the Spirit. Okay, and, uh, and so I would say that uh, it is possible or available and um, so uh, the, the other thing I want to talk about this morning are what are the benefits? Why, why should we? Why should we want to? Well, we've told a few testimonies here today already. But let, let's talk about some other things. 1 Corinthians 14.4, Paul says, The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. So we talked about prophecy last time. That's a good one. We should do that. But... One effect, an important effect of tongues is to edify yourself, build yourself up. How many of you need building up and repair from time to time? Okay, this is a hazardous world and, and a wearisome world and we have enemies and we need to be built up. In fact, part of our Christian life is just that we need to grow, right? So you're built up or edified, and the word is, describes building a house. Rich has built a house before, right? Uh, that you are built up, repaired, built uh, when you pray in tongues. And uh, so why would God want to limit that ability to just you here and you over here and you here? But the rest of you, sorry, you can't be built up with this. I don't think that makes sense. Um, your body is is a temple of the Holy Spirit, right? 
God would have an, an interest in your body being built up. And so one benefit I think could be that you physic, your physical health can be built up through tongues. And uh, healing, refreshment, rest to your body. Um, John Bevere tells about busy ministers who testify that regular prayer in tongues uh, helps prevent them from burnout and gives them rest when they've got so much to do. And it's not only ministers who have that problem, all of us do in, in our work and the things going on in our lives. Um, Joseph Prince, a famous minister, shared this testimony. Doris, a young woman from Singapore, shared how she started to worry when her menstrual cycle stopped. For two years, she believed God for restoration of a regular cycle and described how her journey was like a roller coaster ride with some very low points when it got really difficult to stay in faith. One day, she watched a sermon I had preached on praying in tongues. In that video, I taught on how tongues was like rivers of living water flowing out of the belly. Jesus said that. Pushing out defilement, edifying the spirit, and repairing the house of God, our bodies. She remembered how I had shared that the word for belly was also the word for womb, and she started to pray often in the spirit every day and to partake of the Holy Communion each morning. Doris shared, this has become part of my morning routine. Through it, I have grown closer to the Lord in my spirit, and I feel such shalom peace in my heart every day. I also experience my restoration after more than two years. Praise Jesus. So the praying in tongues played a role in her physical healing in that case. Joseph Prince uh, continued saying, now please don't think that in talking about physical healing, I'm downplaying the importance of building up your inner man. Many times when it comes to healing, God goes to the root first, removing your deep-seated fears, anxieties, past hurts, and erroneous beliefs, mental strongholds that need to be demolished before he deals with your physical body. You know, physical sickness oftentimes has roots in the spiritual, emotional, mental things. But those things are important for many other reasons in our lives too. And so God is... So the Holy Spirit, when you're praying in tongues, he's working in those kind of ways to build you up. Uh, the medical profession has been telling people how chronic stress, worry, fears, and depression can all lead lead to all kinds of physical ailments. So certainly, take full advantage of praying in the Spirit to fortify your inner man and build yourself up in faith and in the love of God. That's from Jude 1, 20 and 21. But as you do, be cognizant of the truth that praying in tongues can also repair your physical body. God wants you whole in every way, inside and out. Do you believe that? Yeah, and tongues is a tool or a method that he's given us for that. Um, another testimony, uh, a missionary named Jackie Pullinger who worked in Hong Kong with heroin addicts saw that when these addicts got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, that when they were going through the awful withdrawal symptoms, that if they started praying in tongues, the symptoms would disappear as long as they prayed in tongues. And so she had them do that because, uh, you know, for them to be set free from the addiction, uh, the Holy Spirit was, tongues was their, their tool, their medicine uh, to get through that. Um, so that's, a, that's just a, an example of the edifying effect that tongues can have. Um, Another thing, praying tongues can be a key for, edific for um, hearing uh, from the Holy Spirit and uh, receiving inspiration from the Holy Spirit. Remember, Jesus said he had much more to say to us. Uh, some of those things might be like, what am I going to preach about? <laughs> or what songs should we, are the best ones to sing in worship on Sunday morning? Or what am I going to say to my boss? Or how am I going to give this presentation? Or any number of things 
um, that we might need inspiration for, and um, he will give it to us, and tongues can be a key for that. Um, John Bevere says when he gets stuck when he's writing books, you know, he's an engineer, he says, God chose the weakest person in English grammar and writing to write books. But when he gets stuck, he prays in tongues, and all of a sudden, the inspiration starts flowing through his mind, and he sits back down and, and keeps writing. Um, I, uh, he also told a story about he was preaching in Mexico one time, and all of a sudden the authorities, they found out the authorities were gonna show up at the meeting, and the authorities were anti-Christian, and he didn't know what to do because he was supposed to preach at the meeting. So he went out by the flagpole and walked around the flagpole praying in tongues. Uh, he must have thought, people thought he was crazy when they saw him doing it. But he was praying in tongues and God gave him a change in plans about what he should preach. Well, those authorities did show up at the meeting and when they heard him preach, they all got saved. So evidently it was useful, <laughs> okay. Um, that's part of the edification. Um, <clears throat> find where I was here. Um, you know, the, uh, Joseph, there's more that Joseph Prince writes, uh, that uh, that you can read about the edification that that God uh, brings you, um, and you can read that on your own from the notes. But uh, one thing he said is, "I want you to know that God did not design you to live a life of stress, but to enjoy a life of rest. He has given you a powerful weapon to counter stress, praying in the Spirit." which is able to rebuild and repair your entire self from the inside out. It costs you nothing, has no bad side effects, and isn't dependent on external factors such as a quiet surrounding with mood lighting and soothing pan flute music. <laughs> All right. Or that commercial on TV where the guy's got his, his pet uh, llama or whatever it is uh, to, to relieve him from stress. Um, those things might be helpful, but tongues is even more powerful to help you. Um, because, you know, it's, it says in the Bible, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is liberty. And freedom from what? Freedom from all kinds of things, but one of the things is the things that attack our, our mind and our body and, and our emotions. Um, now, the edifying effects, I'm describing a few, but I think it could be, there could be a lot of different ones, and they vary from person to person because we're all different. And that's what Larry Christensen says. He's a, a teacher from the 60s and 70s and 80s uh, who wrote a book called Speaking in Tongues. And here's what he found. When you get closer to people who have had this experience and watch them over a longer period of time, you actually discover a great variety in their experiences. Perhaps the working of the gift is something like this. As a person prays in tongues, he is edified, built up, in that part of his life where he most needs building up, building up. And that would be consistent with what it means to be built up, right? This would uh, be consistent with the working of the Holy Spirit for he always deals with us as individuals. So he talked about a woman that he'd met who had always, she was a Christian, but she was always had nagged by doubts about her salvation. Am I really saved? Am I really saved? And once she started praying in tongues regularly, that problem left her. It, she, she didn't struggle with that kind of attack anymore. Um, and Another man who was a deacon said that he started praying in tongues and, and God started delivering him from different habits, including smoking cigarettes. And he said one day he, 
outside. He went out, got off of work, and went outside and lit up, and it tasted horrible. And he thought, I don't know if I've got a cold or what, but I can't stand this. And he spit it out, and he's never had the, never had the desire to smoke since. That's edification. Um, so. Um, Kathy and I, one thing we can say is both, both of us in our lives, we've experienced um, different kinds of irrational fears or phobias at certain times. And at that time, we also felt when we prayed in tongues, peace came and, and relief from that fear uh, when we prayed in tongues. Uh, so that's our testimony. Larry Christensen says again, the edification with one, which one experiences through the exercise of speaking in tongues is on a highly individual basis. Your own program of sanctification is tailor-made by the Holy Spirit according to your individual need and according to the place he is preparing for you in the body of Christ. That makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? And so I just feel like the gift of tongues is like a treasure box that you pull in. Well, what did Forrest Gump say? Life, life is like a box of chocolates. You don't know what you're going to get out of it. Well, the gift of tongues is like a box of chocolates or treasure, and you, you pull something out. You don't know what you're going to get out of it. In fact, when you're doing it, you don't exactly know what it is unless the Lord reveals it to you. But it's going to be a good effect, whether it's on you or somebody in your family or somebody over in Africa at that time, it's going to be a great thing and it's worth doing. And wow, I'm just motivated to start doing this more than I have been because what's going to come of it? I don't know, but it's something awesome because it's something the Holy Spirit wants to do and he's, I don't know, he's bypassing my limited understanding or maybe even my doubts, my ignorance, in order to do it. You know what I mean? And so I just feel like we want to pursue this. Amen? Um, now, the last question I want to ask is, how can I receive my prayer language or become more fluent at using it. And I'm not sure here how much experience everybody here has with it, with you, whether you've ever prayed in tongues or not, whether you've tried, have you asked God to baptize you with the Holy Spirit? Um, but um, I've printed in the notes a testimony of Bob Heil, who is one of the main founders of this church. And uh, his book is called Lessons from the Furnace. He he was a Lutheran minister, I guess in Festus, right? Like, yeah, Ralph and Ruth were in the church, right? At that time. And they had a pastor's conference. You helped serve them, right? And uh, during that time, it's unusual for Lutheran pastors to believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit or speaking in tongues. Uh, but they gathered together. I don't know if it was secret or not, but uh, at that time they laid... They laid hands on Bob, and he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And um, at the time, he was kind of expecting to speak in tongues, but it didn't happen that day. And so he, you can read the story, but he tells about um, how he struggled. He, came, he really, he came to a point where God said, why are you despising my gift? Because he had thought it was kooky and there was a time he'd prayed, Lord, baptize me with the Holy Spirit but don't give me the gift of tongues because I think it's weird. And the Lord wanted to him to get past that. So I think one thing in receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit is for Jesus said, first of all, ask for it and believe. That's how we receive everything in the kingdom of God, including the gifts of the Spirit and the power of the Spirit. It's by faith. And he said, if you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts for your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give what? The Holy Spirit 
to those who ask him. Okay, well, why would you ask for the Holy Spirit if you get the Holy Spirit when you're a Christian? It's because you're asking for more of the power uh, to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to be able to uh, function in these gifts that are beneficial for you and other people in the kingdom of God. And Jesus said, if you ask, you will receive. Believe it. Because I'm a good God and I'm not going to give you a demon when you ask for the Spirit. Now, some people say, oh, I don't want to speak in tongues because I don't know, it might be a demon. I might be doing harm to myself. Well, one of the things Bob writes is that he, he says, Lord, I dedicate this language to you. Everything that comes out, let it be for you. I don't want it to be for anything else. It's for you. Help me. And he came to a point, and this was over a period of at least months, where he just got more and more desperate to have this gift. I want to be able to do this because I realize the benefits that can come from it. And I think that's what Paul says when he says eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. You start desiring it more and more. That's what God is waiting for, I think. You know? And some of us in the church, including myself, have been guilty. We've had the gifts, but we're just not that enthused about them or too busy to use them. And so there was a point where Bob had to repent for his attitude about it. Lord, it's the least of your gifts. And the Lord said, who told you it was the least of my gifts? And, and besides that, who told you that you were worthy of anything but the least of my gifts? And it, you know, so, so here's the thing. We humble ourselves before the Lord to receive but we also desire him and seek him. You know, uh, in uh, Jeremiah 29, 13, and 14, it says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. That's a promise, right? But see, he says, seek me with all your heart, you will find me. You seek me half-heartedly, I'm not making any promises, I guess. I don't know. Um, it, there is something to, to really desiring something from God. Um, let me remind you about what Paul said. Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. Why would he say that if God didn't, if it weren't possible? that all of you could speak in tongues. And he also said, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Well, was he trying to rub it in on the people who God didn't want to give that gift to? I don't think so. I think he's just like, hey, I'm very pleased with the edification that I'm getting. But I think he's implying you can be edified by it too. Just don't do it out loud in a church and be disruptive when you're doing it, okay? Um, basically, to receive the gift of tongues, we should sincerely ask for it, and we should believe that we receive it. And because uh, God is a good God, Paul says, earnestly desire the higher gifts. And then he says earnestly desire spiritual gifts. Well, what should you expect then? Like, is the Holy Spirit going to come then and you lose control and you're out of control and you start yelling loudly in this language and you can't control your mouth? No. That's probably the way the devil might work if he were doing that. Uh, but, but that's not the way the Holy Spirit works. Um, it is under your control. The spirits of the prophets are subject to the control of the prophets. Um, it's a cooperative effort. Uh, we open our mouth and speak. A good word is yield. Um, John Bevere, John Bevere, where did I have that part? Basically, he, he said, um, it's kind of like wading into a gentle river or creek that's flowing. You know, you can walk in there, it gets up to your waist, 
you kind of have to stand firm and use your muscles not to get moved, right? Uh, it's not going to sweep you away with, if you're trying not to move. But if you just relax, let go, you start flowing along with the current, right? And he kind of describes that. You know, if, you, if you're in your prayer time and you're seeking God and you're worshiping, you're saying, you know, you just yield your mouth and your lips to the Lord. Uh, Bob Heil talked about, I'm just going to say some sounds and dedicate them to you. And his experience was that after doing that, um, he found breakthrough. The devil came with doubts and said, oh, that's just you. But do you see, the devil would be very interested in not having this gift and getting this edification and being able to minister in prayer, interceding for all kinds of things in people. He, he, he greatly fears the church equipped and using this gift. Those of us who have it, he tries to get us to not use it. Um, those who have it, he'll try to get us to doubt it. That was my experience. I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in a camp meeting here, a kids camp meeting. Leslie Barker taught my brother and me about the baptism of the Holy Spirit in a fellowship building that used to be there one morning. I was about fifth grade. And they laid hands on us. Maybe Kathy was there, I don't know. And we received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I believed it. And they said, you can speak in, in tongues now. And I'm like, how's that going to work? I don't know. Um, and there were people around. It was a little bit kind of a weird situation for me. And I was like, okay. But after that time, there were times that I spoke in tongues. And then my mind would think, was that really me? Was that really the Holy Spirit or was that just me? And Bob Heil says the same thing. So I guess I was in good company. And uh, you might be too if you've ever thought that. But Bob realized, he says, uh, I realized that back then I could have at any time. I had it. I just didn't know it and didn't, wasn't confident in expressing it. Um, and what happened with me is over the years, I would pray in tongues a little bit, but kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Is this, is this really something or not something, you know? And when I graduated from college, um, I came to summer camp here that summer, and a friend and I, Bob Heil was back visiting from Ohio, and he preached about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he said, he shared his testimony, and then he said, anybody who's never spoken in tongues or once has doubts about their speaking in tongues, stay after, and we'll have a special thing for you. We'll get you speaking in tongues. So I was like, great, I'm going to do that. Because in me, I was growing up, and I was realizing more and more, I really want this gift. And, um, and I want to be confident in it. So uh, we did. I remember I was sitting back there, and a, a friend of mine, a girl, was with us and we were kneeling down and Bob just said, okay, open your mouth, yield. Yield is a good word, just yield like, Lord, have your way. Yield your mouth to the Lord and start speaking in tongues. And so I did and I started speaking in tongues and then I started feeling really confident about it. And then something interesting happened and I know it was the Lord. I started laughing uncontrollably, like hard laughing, which is not in the normal way I, I am. I'm not, I don't get the giggles that often, you know. Um, I knew it wasn't me being silly, and the same thing was happening to my friend. And I, I just had a sense, this is the Holy Spirit. That was before any of that Holy Spirit laughter revival started happening. But, um, but I knew it was the Holy Spirit, and I realized it was just joy welling up within me and a confidence, and he was, he was giving me a manifestation so that I would be confident and know, yes, it's me. Now do it, okay? And don't, don't doubt anymore. Which is what Jesus would say, right? He would say, yeah, now don't doubt anymore. Follow me, you know? And so this morning as we, as we close, uh, we're actually going to go into communion. I just want to encourage you. I hope I, 
I hope I've said enough to try to motivate you that this is something that you want. And I hope I've been able to say, convince you that this is something that God wants to make available to you. Despite what, sometimes there are different things that can get in the way of us experiencing something that God has for us. But I don't want us, it's not good if we come to say, it's not God's will for me, and shut it off. Maybe you've said that in the past, but I want to open that door again, okay? I want you to open that door again and say, I think this is God's will for me. Let me seek it, and if you seek it, you will find. Amen? So let's, let's just pray here. Father, I, I thank you for sending Jesus, and Jesus, we thank you for sending the Holy Spirit. And Lord, this morning, we want more of you. And so our heart this morning is fill us. We just thank you that you, you want to build us up. And you've got a, a plan for each of our lives that varies from person to person because we're all different. You've got different callings and purposes and we all have different problems. And we are broken people, but you want to repair us and build us up and you want to use us to bring your kingdom to the world around us. And so, Lord, we offer ourselves to you. And Lord, give us this gift, this gift of tongues, and give people the gift of interpretation of tongues as well. We ask for it this morning. We seek it from you. And Lord, uh, help us to grow in this, that uh, Holy Spirit, you might, uh, through us, uh, be able to work powerfully in the ways that we've been hearing about this morning. Lord, be glorified in us. Lord, we, we yield to you. And we thank you for your goodness to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, um, so we're going to have communion, the Lord's Supper. And I think this would be a really good time. You know, we're celebrating the covenant that Jesus made with us by his blood. And... Um, at our church, we have communion in three stations, one over here, one on this side, and one in the hallway. And we also we have a person with the bread, a person with the wine, and a person with oil to anoint. And the oil is a touch point. It represents the Holy Spirit. And that person is for you to go, and if you need healing or if you need special prayer for something, they anoint you with oil and pray for you. Today, I would encourage you, especially that if you go to that person, if you want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, you, you said, I've, I've never asked to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, that, that, that they can do that for you. Ask for that and let that person uh, lay hands on you and pray for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Or if you have never you've never received the gift of tongues or you've never spoken in tongues, but you want to, ask, ask them to anoint you and pray for you to do that and believe that you receive what, what you ask. And, uh, or if you just have doubts and you want prayer, like, like Bob did for me that time, uh, the same thing. And, and there are three stations, but also we've got people here like Warren and Anita over here or, or like Dave Martin over here would be a good one to ask. Um, you'll be up at the worship, but um, Ralph and Ruth in the back here would pray for you, or Stephen, or, or there are a number of other people. Um, go to that person and say, would you pray for me for a breakthrough with this gift? And, uh, and let them minister to you, okay? So let's, let's look at this scripture this morning. It says... Uh, the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. 
And here we say, if, if you have a relationship with Jesus, uh, and you've repented of any sin you're aware of in your life, and you forgive people who have sinned against you, then you're welcome to come to the table here. The, uh, there's wine uh, in the middle uh, circles, and grape juice in the one circle around the outside edge. And uh, let's pray. Father, uh, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you for giving your life for us on the cross uh, so that we could be temples of the Holy Spirit and that we could be uh, your sons and daughters uh, working with you to bring your kingdom here on earth. And thank you that you desire to dwell in us and you also desire to build us up and renew us. And so this morning we offer ourselves to you and we say thank you for your salvation. Thank you for your body and blood uh, broken and shed for us on the cross. And empower us and strengthen us to live by your grace each day. In Jesus' name, amen.